let me try this. I'm sorry, but that mic, I don't know. I just, it, it, I got phobia or something with it. I want to make sure Earl can hear me. Can you still hear me, Earl? Okay. Mike, you hear me all right? Earl, you hear me okay? Okay. All right, then. I don't want to yell at you, um, but I want you to be able to hear me. So last week, we were in Acts 28, and um, we got to where uh, halfway down through the chapter where the Jews came, uh, Paul requested that they come and meet with him. He kind of gave them his defense. We talked about that. Uh, if you remember, I gave the illustration that if you see anyone uh, in the orange jumpsuit, uh, in our minds, uh, in America, it's supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. But realistically, it probably should be any more guilty until proven innocent now. But anyway, uh, yeah, well, sometimes it should be that way. But, but nevertheless... Innocent or guilty, when you see someone like that, you instantly think guilty, 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 criminal, 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 and, and they may not be. And all these Jews are here at, um, at Rome, and I didn't know, uh, I had it written down here somewhere. Uh, I've read it different places, so there's no way to know for sure. Uh, but at the time Paul was there, uh, it's estimated uh, that... Um, they were uh, quite a few people in, in Rome. There's about a million slaves, a million free, and a few well-to-do. A uh, small upper class, a large class of the poor and slaves. And estimates is, are read anywhere between ten to 60,000 Jews. So we don't know. Let's just say there are 20,000, uh, uh, I mean 30, 35,000 Jews in Rome at this time. Pretty good population. Uh, so Paul's wanting them to know uh, why he was there under arrest. And we talked about the hired house that they put him in. Um, there's different opinions on why he was allowed to do so. My opinion is because God said so. Uh, bottom line. Now, granted, how it came about, I don't know what exactly all human hands he used to, to bring this about, what all uh, people in charge, whatever, but nevertheless... Uh, this was God's plan, so that's how it worked. If you also remember, I mentioned this, and I'll, uh, we'll get on into tonight. Uh, I also mentioned, I've read different opinions on this, uh, that uh, if Paul would have went there on his own merit, his own will, his own way, uh, he would have never spoken to any of the rulers more than likely at all. He would have never got the opportunity to stand up and actually give the gospel because you think back. When he was at Caesarea, and they said the, the, the Jews came, they accused him, and then the Roman uh, Agrippa, Festus, everyone said, Oh, Paul, what do you got to say for yourself? He gave the gospel. Those men would have likely never heard the gospel had that situation not happened. Now, there's different opinions on whether Paul uh, was actually, uh, his case was heard by Caesar himself, when it was Nero at the time, and whether it was a judge. Um, I think it's Paul, it could have been either one. I think it's possible it could have been both. Why not? We don't know. And uh, there's not a whole lot of history to tell us this. But nevertheless, uh, this was God's plan and God's way, so that's how it worked out. All right, 
We're going to read it, start at verse 20, just kind of pick up where we were at last week. That's just the place I chose, nothing special about it. Going to read down a little ways, and um, then I think we will finish this tonight. Uh, so verse 20 says, For this cause, therefore, have I called for you to see you and to speak with you, because for the, for, <laughs> that for the hope of Israel I am bound with this chain. And they said unto him, We neither receive let." neither received letters out of Judea concerning thee, neither any of the brethren that came shoot or spake any harm of thee. But we desire to hear of thee what thou thinkest, for as concerning this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. Also last week, I told you that basically what they were telling Paul uh, is, look, Paul, we have not heard a single word about why you are here, uh, you are coming here, why you are arrested. Does anybody remember how many years Paul was under arrest in Caesarea? Somebody mumbled something. No, how, how much time did he spend under arrest in Caesarea? Remember, he was heard by uh, Festus and Agrippa in that time. Does anybody remember? Close. Plus one. Two years. Two years. So, did you know, Ashley? Okay, see, you should have spoke up. You could have been the you could have been the A plus student tonight. So he spent a, a, approximately two years there under arrest in Caesarea, and even there he stayed in the in the palace. He was not kept in a dungeon somewhere like most prisoners are kept. Uh, he he had a decent setup. Uh, he was well taken care of, and so here uh, we see that. So that gave people of Jerusalem. More than enough time to send word all around the, the, the land, known land at that time, that Paul had come under arrest. I mean, that was more than enough time for word to spread. Even though they didn't have internet, even though they didn't have cell phones, uh, none of these things, that was still enough time for word to spread. So they also told him in verse 22, uh, we've heard a lot of things about Christianity, about your gospel message uh, we know that everywhere it's spoken against, so Paul, we want to hear it from your own mouth. You know, let me tell you something. A lot of times you hear things and something about somebody, and let me just go ahead and assure you, give them a chance to hear it from their own mouth. And you can, you can make assumptions about people and draw conclusions about someone without ever meeting them based on what you've heard. Word of advice is, don't do that. I've heard good about people, couldn't be enough good said about them. And my dealings was the exact opposite. I've had people who I had nothing good to say about and someone else's dealings was the exact opposite. That's called life. But give people the chance to make their own impression on you. Verse 23. When they appointed him a day, there came many uh, to him and to his lodging to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and and out of the prophets from morning till evening. We talked about this last week. Could you imagine sitting under the Apostle Paul all day long and then teaching you from the law and the prophets? The things he would have brought out that I doubt too many commentators today has ever even scratched the surface. Man, did he, was, would he be able to explain to you? And notice what it said in verse 24. And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. Now, 
that goes to show that no matter who gives the gospel, some people just aren't going to believe. Jesus Christ himself had people come up to him. He shared the gospel and they walked away, lost. Um, Judas lived with him for three and a half years, saw all the miracles, heard all the truth, everything. And Jesus himself said, it'd been better if this man had not been born. Do you remember that? Uh, so now my computer's blowing up on me. Um, but no matter who gives the gospel sometimes, there's some people that just simply are not going to believe. It's, it's just the way it is. So one thing I want to read to you, and I read this last week, but I want to read it again. So when Paul came to the city, had existed for almost 800 years. The famous Colosseum was not yet built, but the prominent buildings were the Temple of Jupiter, the Palaces of Caesar, and a Temple of God of War. At the time, Rome had a population of about 2 million, a million slaves and a million furry, and I, I read that to you. Uh, estimates of the Jewish population in Rome in the first century between 10,000 and 60,000. Society was divided into roughly three classes, a small, upper class, a large class of the poor and slaves. Now, uh, for those of you that do not know, does anyone know their history to know who built the Colosseum? I also gave some homework assignments last week. Did anybody remember those? Oh, man. One of you is smiling and laughing. Some of you looked at me like, oh, man, preacher, we don't... <coughs> do what, Rex? You know that. Well, Nero was one of them that started the process... Does anybody know who started the absolute slaughter of Christians by the Roman Empire? He ramped it up, but Nero was the one, again, that really that kicked it off. And then uh, Tullio, he, he was pretty bloodthirsty. He was ruthless. Um, Another thing I want to read to you real quick, and it's just the way this was worded. I liked it, and I thought it was good. Um, so Paul said here about him, he testified of the kingdom of God, and speaking of the kingdom of God, Paul undoubtedly taught what Jesus taught, that in Jesus God brought a spiritual kingdom that would take root in men's hearts before it uh, took over the governments of this world. Most of the Jewish people of Jesus' day and Paul's day looked for a political kingdom not a spiritual kingdom. Now you all remember me from time to time, and probably other preachers that come here will talk about this. The Jews were looking and expecting Jesus to set up his kingdom right then, overthrow the Roman Empire, make Jerusalem the world power. They finally quit getting overthrown by everybody. They finally get to be uh, who God promised them to be. That is what they were expecting Jesus to do, but that was not God's plan. They misread their Bibles. They had the Old Testament. Amen. I mean, they, 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 can't, they, they are without excuse. Um, and so it wasn't God's way. Now, there is some debate at times, and I agree with it very possible. If the Jews would have accepted Jesus as a humble servant like he came the first time, history would be rewritten. We would have a whole different history book. But they didn't. They rejected him. Of course, we know God knows that. How? I don't know. He's God. Um, but also notice this, that some were persuaded by the things which were spoken and some disbelieved. 
in response to this remarkable day-long teaching from Paul, some believed and trusted Jesus. Others did not and disbelieved. Even the best teaching from the best could not persuade them. Um, it's astounding to me how that people could hear the gospel so clearly, see a man uh, clearly God had touched and walk away lost. But they do. In our day and time, they can hear the gospel message as laid out as good as it could be laid out. Preacher, full of the power of God, won't matter. They're going to walk away. So, anybody got any questions or comments? All right, verse 25. Uh, I got to tap my phone. I'm not used to that. You can see, uh, even in this wintertime, you can still see I wear a watch. You can still see the. All right, verse 25. And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed after that Paul had spoken one word. Well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet unto our fathers. Now, Isaiah the prophet is Isaiah. Here's what he says, saying, Go unto this people and say, Hearing he shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing he shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed. Least they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should be converted, and I should heal them. Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles and that they will hear. And when they had when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had great reason among themselves. Now, the statement I just read to you from the commentary and everything I just explained to you about the Jews sitting in their kingdom, these verses I just read is in direct correlation to that. That's what he is explaining to them right here. Isaiah prophesied that that was, that was going to happen, and that's exactly what happened. The Jews rejected him. He said, so fine. I'll take it to the Gentiles, and that's and that's and, and you all know the rest is history, so to speak. Um, one of the reasons he was in Rome. So, the Jews, for the most part, would not hear, they would not see, and they would not believe. If you remember, different places, Jesus would often say, "Those that have ears to hear, let him." So that's what he's talking about. You can hear something. Somebody can explain something. You hear every word they're saying, but you're not listening. You're not believing what they're telling you. Growing up as a teenager, uh, I was like most other teenagers. I knew, and my mom and dad didn't know diddly squat. They had no clue what the world was all about, but son, I did. And my mom and papa was just totally outdated. They didn't know, they didn't know nothing more than a hill of beans in their garden. That's all they knew. Well, let me assert to you, the older I get, the wiser my mom and papa get, and the wiser mom and dad still get. And um, my mom and papa wasn't as close as I thought they were, and neither were my parents. But I didn't have ears to hear because I didn't want to hear it. And you know what? I've paid for it too. I've suffered because I didn't listen to people who knew a whole lot more than me. And people are suffering today I'm dying and going to hell because they don't want to hear it. So, all right. Uh, verse 30 and 31, and I'm going to try to explain some things to you that some of you will may have a little bit of a tough time grasping. I don't know. You may not. 
Uh, verse 30 says, And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. So we see that um, even though he was under house arrest, if you will, um, do what? Oh, um, he still had pretty good freedom. Um, nobody forbid him to talk to people. He could receive visitors at will, no matter who it was. Um, we know that he did get visitors regularly. Uh, it, it's believed that some of the apostles possibly came and visited him. Timothy probably did. We know for certain, during this arrest, he wrote the books of Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. There was a, does anybody know what the book of Philemon is about? Does anybody remember? Yeah, a slave, that's right. So Philemon had a slave named Osimosis, Osimosis, Osmosis, or however you pronounce his name. Uh, I can say it, I promise, I pronounce these words at home. I, I guarantee you I do. I just can't say them when I get in church. Yeah, what you said. And so he escaped and came to see Paul while Paul was under house arrest. Paul wrote a letter back to Philemon with the old man and sent it back to him, to his master. That is what the book of Philemon is about. It's about freedom under slavery, more or less. Read it sometime. It's just one, like one or two chapters. I mean, it's not very long. Um, and uh, so we know these are what we call the prison epistles. You hear me or other preachers say that. This is what we, we are referring to. If God had not got Paul to slow down and be into this condition, we may not have these four books because he had, even though he had great freedom, he still had to sit there. He could not walk about the city of Rome at his will. He was still under house arrest. Uh, he wrote Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. Those were considered the uh, four prison epistles. Now, let me ask you a question. How many years, me included, have you heard that at the end of this two years, Paul was beheaded. If you've heard that through the years, raise your hand. So nobody, nobody, one person's heard that. Have you heard that Paul was released from prison, had one or two years of freedom, rearrested, then beheaded? Raise your hand. Okay. The first scenario I just told you is what I have heard pretty much my entire life. And I just took it for face value. Well, I got to digging into this more than I ever have. And it has to be that he went before the judge, Nero, whoever, and was released. He was not beheaded here. The reason being, we're going to talk about this next week because we've got to flip through some pages and I'm going to give you a little more history then we're going to do a recap of Acts and it's going to be over. Um, the reason being is there was a fellow that Paul mentioned to Timothy in 2 Timothy that 
he left at another country that is about 45 miles to 60 miles north of where they were at on the ship going to Rome when he was under arrest. I'll promise you that the Roman soldier was not going to see to it that that man made it to this other town. That's one of the reasons. There's others. Another reason, he was in a dungeon the second arrest. We know that. The Bible history teaches us that. So it's also possible that Paul went to Spain. We don't know that. Some believe that. At this time, he made some other journeys. The biggest question that I've got and other preachers I've talked to is when he was in the, the second time he was under arrest, what we understand and what we believe and know, he was actually lowered down into a pit, the inner chamber prison. Now, it wasn't the first time he'd been in one of them. Does anybody remember where else he was at one night when he was in a place similar to that? There was a jailer involved and there was an earthquake involved. Paul and Silas was who was together, where were they at? There's a book in the Bible written after this place. Good guess, but no. Do you know? Either one of you, because I know y'all won't speak up unless I literally. This is at Philippi. Uh, it's whenever Philippi, the book of Philippians, we have that because he went there and started a church. And the Philippian jailer, if you remember, it's when Paul and Silas at midnight begin to sing. The earthquake happened. All the jail doors swing open. The the jailer was getting ready to kill himself. And Paul said, "Do thyself no harm. We are all here." Gave him the gospel. He got saved. He took him. He, that, this jailer took them to his house, fed them, cleaned their wounds, gave them a bath, and put them back in prison so he didn't get killed. And the next day they came to let him out. And Paul said, "It ain't gonna be that easy, boys." <laughs> so um, uh, anyway, but they they left left town, and um, a great story goes with that. So he had been in inner prisons before. So everything that I can tell, my own study, everything I can read and figure out, uh, for one of the reasons, Luke leaves the story off here. This is believed, and I can see this. Uh, some people actually believe that the reason the book of Acts was written is so Luke could hand that to the Roman authorities in Paul's defense. I can't tell you that's what happened. I think the book of Acts is here because God wanted it here. But some people believe that it's possible that Luke wrote the book of Acts and the gospel of Luke for that reason to back up what Paul was saying so they didn't say he's a madman. Does that make sense? So when I read this, for all my life, I've heard at the end of this two years, Paul was beheaded. I've always heard that. I don't remember right off hearing anybody teach or preach that he was released. Now, one of the reasons why, and I'm not going to debate in a heated argument with people, yes, it is possible he was beheaded here at the end of this two years, but more than likely, from everything I see, he wasn't. It's not a major doctrine. It's not something to get tore up about. It's not something to uh, split hairs with somebody. It's nothing like that. So don't get tore up on either way it's preached or, or taught. It's not a huge deal. 
but I'm just simply telling you from what I believe we can tell, he was probably released about two years later. Some say as much as six. I kind of lean towards the two years. Uh, he went back to Rome, uh, towards Rome. He was actually arrested on his way to Rome. He was, he was just outside of Rome, and Nero had him beheaded. Um, that is when Nero had really kicked up uh, the assault on Christians. So has anybody got any questions or comments? Say that again. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. Uh, he was in prison. At the, he was here on, under house arrest at the time he wrote these four letters to these four churches. And obviously they were delivered to them by someone's hand, and we can find out who. Most of the time, I think they're known. They may not be, but I think all four books, I think, tells us who the letter was sent by. Don't hold me to that till I look at it for sure. But, um, but those are called the prison epistles. And all of the New Testament is necessary. None of it is, is no more important than anything else, anyone else. Um, but I will say this. Uh, some of my favorite reading in the Bible comes from certainly three of those I just read to you. Uh, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. All right, my Bible here, um, if you go in the back of Ephesians, uh, now, this is probably put in here by man. I don't think Paul put this. Uh, my Bible says, not everybody's may not say this, it says, written from Rome unto the Ephesians by Tychius. Tychius, maybe. Um, anyway, your Bibles may say, may or may not say something like that at the end of Ephesians. It may something say something like that at the beginning of the book, because different study Bibles will have different details. Do not take the notes or the details in your Bibles with the same weight as you do your Bible. So that's just one example of, of that of what I was, what I'm telling you. Um, Philippians starts out Paul and Timotheus the servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus which are at Philippi, Philippi with the bishops and deacons so he goes on to write that um, then in, in my Bible at the end it was written to the Philippians from Rome by some fellow's name uh, the reason it mentions these people's name and I've said this before uh, it's believed pretty strongly that Paul had eye trouble. He couldn't see that good. Uh, he was probably nearsighted more than likely. Like many people today, he, need, he probably needed glasses to see up close. He could probably see out decently, but when it came to reading something, if it wasn't in great big bold print, he probably couldn't read it. So, has anybody got any questions or comments about any of that? Okay. We'll, we'll stop there for tonight and next week we'll talk a little bit more about this on Paul's possible the date of his death so last week one of the questions I asked was how many years between the day of Pentecost and this date here in Rome and I actually gave the answer <laughs> last week but 
I still want somebody to, to find it and say it next week. Uh, how many years in a timeline took, took place between uh, Pentecost and Paul's arrival in Rome? We got a pretty good idea. That was one of the questions I asked, so. All right. Okay. Nothing else? To what? How many years? That's up to you all to find out. I did. Nobody found out. <laughs> In your defense, you were. Nobody came up with the answer, so it's still, we're still asking the question. Now, obviously, for those of you that's any kind of Google literate at all, you could find out in about 25 seconds. Uh, again, Google knows most things. They do give biased answers, though. Sorry if that offends you, but it's just a simple truth. Huh? <laughs> they can be sometimes. All right, so, uh, but next week, what I'll do, uh, pray that I can get this done. Um, my life has been extraordinarily hectic. You're going to shut that off. Um, the last month, um, <laughs> it's not been normal by any means. Um, but hopefully I'll I have a timeline of some kind of printed out to give to you the book of Acts and, and, and outline and um, we'll just kind of go over an outline of it, recap, and move on to the next subject. I'm praying about different things to teach on. 